Terence Steinberg, and I'm preparing to row across the Pacific Ocean from San Francisco to Hawaii. And I'm Zach Smith. I'm not rowing at all, but I'm here to help tell the story. I spent the past 10 years exploring the far reaches of my mind and body, first through depression, and later through endurance sports like Ironman triathlons, ultramarathons, and now rowing the Pacific. With each step, and even today, I found the biggest barriers inside myself. The doubts and fears and stories I had to rewrite in my heart. And each time, I've discovered I can always do more. That humans are infinitely adaptable. But I've also learned that knowing this myself is not enough. This time, I'm bringing you with me to hopefully inspire you to believe more in yourself and in the opportunity for a better tomorrow. Welcome aboard the United World Challenge. Another amazing part about the United World Challenge is that we're raising money to send students to the United World Colleges, focusing on students affected by a rising seas caused by climate change. We want to fuel their dreams. Last week, we talked about what drives ocean rowing and getting out the word. This week, we're going to talk about grit, but maybe not the way that you're used to hearing about it. But first, we have a question from a listener. Our first question is from Michael Matucci, and he submitted it through Facebook on the United World Challenge page. And he wanted to know what are the main differences in the journey? And what he meant by this was what are the differences from the Atlantic trip that was initially planned and now the specific journey from San Francisco to Hawaii? Yeah, awesome that Michael asked this question. Michael is the filmmaker who made the United World Challenge crowdfunding video on GoFundMe. So oh, that's Michael, awesome. Michael, thank you for asking. Yeah, he's a really talented guy. And it's a great question. He always wants to know from a journey perspective. And I'd say there are two ways to answer this question. The first, tactically, it's a... Uh, it, de- it depends, of course, on the ocean and the year, how it, how the ocean and the weather are. But many people consider this route far more difficult than the Atlantic. Uh, there are a few reasons why. But it's, it's a bigger challenge in certain ways, especially that first week of breaking away from San Francisco where I'll launch. And those reasons why it's more challenging are, are all written out in detail on, on unitedworldchallenge.org. So it's, it, I'll just sum it up by saying... The challenge just just got more challenging, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, you know, on an internal basis, this feels right. Like the intuition here, it feels so clear. And the journey for me, in terms of how I relate to this, it I'm so excited about this, and and so it changes how I'm relating to the to the experience as I'm getting ready to push off. I mean, I'm thinking, wow, was I really planning to row in two months? I'm nowhere near ready. And of course, I hear from plenty of people, you never feel ready. But I'm super excited about having the time to train in the boat and and be able to launch with with proper preparation. So I'll say the difference in the journey is that it feels feels right. Awesome. Thanks, Michael, for that question. If anyone else has questions that you want to submit, Find our Facebook page if you haven't yet on United World Challenge and send us a question and we'll try and get to it on our next episode. Next up, we want to return to a question that we started last episode with. And that's, Terrence, I want you to summarize the last 
week or two in one word and describe it a little bit. Productive. I would summarize it as productive. I've gotten a lot done these past two weeks. And whereas the prior two weeks, when we talked in the last episode, I was I just come back from Minneapolis and a lot of talks and it was so focused really on just getting out the word. These past two weeks were much more diverse and making progress in several different areas, which we'll get into in a bit. And what about the last day? The last day was tiring. <laughs> I, I got about three hours of sleep last night and uh, another two hours on my flight this morning, but it's been go- I've been going nonstop. Flight, where are you right now? I am in Oakland, California at my brother and sister-in-law's house. And tomorrow I'll be going to a conference in Silicon Valley. Very cool. So what's the story that you've been telling yourself this past week? And how has that story changed? The story right now, I feel as though, or rather I see, opportunities around every corner. And I'll just tell you one story that that popped up. So this perspective of, of seeing opportunities everywhere completely changes how you go through your day, or at least how I feel in mine. And something totally unexpected happened a couple of days ago. I'm part of this community called the Global Shapers Community, which is a community set up by the World Economic Forum for young change makers and entrepreneurs. And through a friend of a friend of a friend, I found this young guy who's going to meet Richard Branson on Richard Branson's private island in the Caribbean. And we teamed up so that he can share the United World Challenge directly in a private one-on-one with, with Richard Branson. And he just needed help getting from Europe down to the Caribbean. And I happened to have a whole lot of airline miles from my day job. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, let's do this. I've never met you, but we talked six times in 36 hours. And right now he's on a flight from Hungary to London. And tomorrow he's going down to Puerto Rico and and from there to, over to the Canary to the British Virgin Islands. So, I mean, it's a moonshot. We don't know what's going to come of it, but it's super cool to just say, well, here's something I wasn't expecting. Let's see where this will go. Wait, so you just bought someone a ticket, someone that you've never met before, to go around the world to meet Richard Branson? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. It's completely absurd in some ways. The post on Facebook, it's a private group. The post saying, hey, a friend of mine got an entrance to this conference called Convergenced. And if you're listening, look up Convergenced. It's a real thing. Basically, Richard Branson has an invite-only event on his island every year. Didn't happen last year because of a hurricane. But this year, they've spun it up again. Cost $20,000 to go. And this young guy got, after years of showing that he's a smart and creative person, he got an invitation and the fee waived. He just didn't have a way to get there. And so we linked up and I was like, well, I can help you get there. Uh, So (laughs) um, it's strange to buy a a ticket for someone I haven't met, but I, I, I have a good feeling. Yeah. Talk about inspiring a more courageous world. Uh, That good on you. That's awesome. So you just bought him a ticket there because, or does that relate to, to this in any way? Yeah, well, he, I shared with him what we're doing with the United World Challenge, from raising scholarships to inspiring people to believe in themselves to ocean health. And he's like, this is the kind of thing that's totally going to resonate with this community. And he actually doesn't have an agenda himself at this conference. He's going 
just to meet people. And he's a humble guy as well. So he appreciates that with some help to get there, he wants to help the person that helped him. So, you know, it's, it's basically from my own pocket, an investment in this project. And sometimes you got to take a little risk. And I fundamentally just believe in trusting people. So it relates to this and yeah. taking, taking a courageous leap. Yeah, I think the world could use a little bit more trust in people. I haven't had strangers buy me tickets, but I've had... Acquaintances. Acquaintances, yeah, that's the word. Get me tickets through miles. So not quite as far reach as this, but I've had a similar thing happen to me. And it was an amazing experience of trust and love from from others. So that's awesome. And a reminder for those people who may not be familiar, who is Richard Branson? And why is that important here? Richard Branson is a rather famous business mogul, famous for the entire Virgin Enterprise. And as a rather young guy, he started Virgin Records and Virgin Everything since. And he really is a diverse, he has diverse interests and likes bringing people together. And that's what this event is on his island. So he's also sponsored Ocean Rose in the past. I, I, I don't, I'm not holding out hope that this becomes a, a version project, but he's very familiar actually with ocean rowing. And if you Google Richard Branson ocean rowing, you'll find there have definitely been some, some collaborations in the past. Wow. So a shout out there, Richard Branson, if you end up listening to this, uh, we hope that you get something out of this. If not to be a partner, just to to be a part of the crew and a listener and uh, a friend. So you mentioned you're in Oakland? Yeah, I came out here to attend the Trans Tech, Transformative Technology Conference happening in Palo Alto tomorrow, Friday and Saturday. Got out here, so I'll be going to the conference to share the United World Challenge story. I also pitched myself to the conference as a speaker, so I'll be hosting a little talk on Saturday as well, and just meeting possible companies that want to be a part of this, from AR, VR technology to create 360 videos to wearable health tech. There are a few ways I can work with the the really innovative companies at this event. So that's what I came out here for. You mentioned a TED Talk on grit. Can you dive a little bit more into that? What are you talking about? Yeah, so that's also tomorrow. I had planned to give that talk in in Denver, uh, I wasn't actually, I didn't apply for it. They just asked me to do it. And then when this conference came up, I was like, can I give this thing remotely? So I'll be dialing in and giving the talk as part of this event via video tomorrow. And the topic oh, wow. that I'll speak about, yeah, yeah, that'll, that's a first for me. Um, the topic is love as the path to grit. Really? Tell me more about that. What does that mean? We hear all the time how important it is to have grit. You know, the idea really became popular when Angela Lee Duckworth gave a TED Talk on this topic in 2013 and then wrote a best-selling book. And everyone from Harvard Business Review to job platforms to companies are starting to pull grit into, you know, their applications and interview processes. And we hear that it's, some people call it the number one predictor of success. And I think that's true, but I think we misdefine it because, Zach, have you ever felt Mm -hmm. like... You look at someone and you see them doing something that makes you think, 
you know, wow, they're really gritty, they're determined, they're resilient. And then you talk to them about it and they don't necessarily feel that way about themselves or, or vice versa, where someone sees you doing something and they think it's really gritty and you're like, I don't, I don't feel that way. Yeah. And you mentioning love as a path to grit right now, I've got an image of my head of, I don't know if you're, if you watch this or if you read up on the news, I know since you're an ultra runner, you'll at least get this. Courtney DeWalter finishing the UTMB this year. Insane. Yeah. This is an insane race over in Europe, a 100 mile race. And she is beaming from ear to ear as she's running through thousands of supporters and finishing. And up until literally the morning of this race, she didn't know if she was physically going to be able to run because she had gotten injured and she was waiting until the day of to get okayed from her PTs, her physical therapists, to run. And she just loves the sport so much and it oozes from everything she does. And is, this is, is she a huge... that runner based sorry Zach, is she that runner based in Utah or Colorado who's a school teacher? Yes. Yeah, she's yes. amazing, yes. amazing, amazing, amazing person. Yeah, I yeah. mean, a school teacher by day, ultra runner by nights and weekends, and every photo you see of her, she's absolutely grinning, and I think it's really telling. You know, if you look at her, like it's clear that she's not doing this out of what we would call discipline, right? She's right. running from a place of love, and it's, it's a totally different experience and way more powerful. Mm. Yeah, in, in fact... Her training program is not, as far as my knowledge, I've heard several interviews with her. She doesn't have a set training program like I'm going to go out and run five miles today or I'm going to go out and run 20 miles today. She leaves the door, sees how she feels, and runs however much she wants to and does. And I'm sure she has kind of a rough schedule of these are the things that I need to work in to my routine. But she doesn't have that set regimented routine that so much of a, so many of us think of when we think of grit. Yeah, it's a great point. And especially in endurance sports, you know, people will look and see someone doing something for an outrageous amount of time or distance and think that it's just brute force or discipline or like strong mindedness as though it's, it's your physical muscles extended to your mind, right? Just a matter of strength or willpower. And I don't think that's really it. And so I, I, what I want to offer is a, a new definition or a new way of seeing grit because people see other people with this perceived willpower and think they have that. I don't. I can't do that. I don't have grit. And I just don't think that's true. I think everyone right. can find that thing inside themselves if we look at it in a different way. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Everybody. It's like saying that no one has a dream or only these yeah. specific people have a dream and everyone else has just a life. Everyone has dreams that they can follow, that they can chase after. Exactly. And their connection to it, yeah, is where you can find that grit. Exactly. So that's, that's what I talk about with love as the path to grit. It's that we see grit as motivation or discipline, but those will naturally arise when you're doing something you love, right? And so as far as my definition of grit goes, love is the first piece. It's not the whole thing. I can tell you more. I think there's a second, second part to the equation. But the first is finding what you love to do or why you love to do it. Because maybe 
You don't love the activity or the specific task at hand, but you love what it accomplishes. I'll tell you, I don't love social media. In fact, the opposite. I, I, <laughs> until I launched the United World Challenge, I wasn't even on it. I got back on social media to promote this thing and support it. But when I remember what the bigger mission is, I can get over that piece I don't like because I'm in love with what we're doing. Like, what is the end goal? Yeah. Is there an example from your life other than social media now, so that small example, where this love factor and finding grit through love that you can relay to listeners to maybe make this a little bit more relatable? What's something that you had to get to grit through love? So the TED Talk I'm giving tomorrow, I open it and I think it's going to be an unexpected way. In 2016, my father took his life. And although it wasn't oh, a decision, sorry. I, I, thanks, Zach. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's, that's my path of love to grit, right? And even though it wasn't a decision I would hope he would make or a decision I imagine myself ever making, I have learned to accept and love him for it and learned to accept and love myself more as a result. And when I first found out that he did this, I was an intern where I'm currently working. And at the time, my mission was to turn that internship into a job offer. At the end of 10 weeks, I would either be invited back or told thanks, but no thanks. And I related to grit in that instance as hunkering down and driving and having the discipline to show up at work every day and focus. And that was what was necessary, right, in that instance. But you can only have that kind of grit for so long. Eventually, it'll wear you out. And in the end of the summer, I got my job offer. And then the real grit began because I just was running away from the issues. I wasn't actually addressing them. And after I moved back to London to finish my MBA, and then I actually had the time and space to you know, reflect on what had happened. I started running a lot. And in the following year, I actually ran 25 marathons. And that wow. gave me a lot of, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was it, you know, at first it was when I felt numb, which was better than feeling bad. And in that running, I had time to think and feel. And at first I ran, you know, if I wasn't numb, I was angry. But over time, was able to convert and reorient my emotions from anger to, to love and gratitude and realizing, well, my dad made that decision out of a place of love. He thought it was in everyone's or his own best interest. You know, I don't think he was trying to hurt anyone. And so in that sense, it was through movement that I was able to create the space for that. But in that space was able to see that grit, the ability to continue, whether you're running or just moving forward in your life, you have the best fuel when, or I, I'll just speak for myself, have the best fuel when I'm focusing on gratitude and, and moving from a place of love. And so it, it's gratitude, really, that's, that's the second ingredient for grit for me. It's where you focus your mind and creating the conditions to feel love. Because 
love is that first ingredient. Yeah. But if you're if you're not in a position to experience it, then it's almost irrelevant in a in a way. And so the second ingredient to grit for me is is mindfulness. That's that's powerful and super super relatable. It reminds me of a talk given by the late Wayne Dyer, who is a self-help author, speaker, motivational speaker. And he said, you know, if you can start your day with one thing or do one thing a day to help you, get up and just say thank you. Yo, yes, 100%. Just, In fact, I use an app for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> there is an app for that. There no, is an app. Of for course, that. there's there an app for that. Yeah, man. No, it's called Five Minute Journal. It's fantastic. Wow. So, I mean, I a couple of years ago, I started a book called One Line a Day. At the end of my day, I write actually several lines, but what that day was, and so that's how I bookend my day at the end of the day. But I came across this app that's called Five Minute Journal, and you have morning and evening sections, and the morning section includes three things you're grateful for. At the end of the day, you write three amazing things that happened to you. And the idea is reorienting yourself around the positive things and building on what works. And I love it. It's so good to start and finish my wow. day with gratitude. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up and find that because that sounds, that sounds like a really easy reminder to do something that's so powerful. Because whenever I have been in a really kind of foul mood, I try to force myself to say thank you for something. And at first it's like, a, thank you. Through your teeth. Uh, uh, yeah. And what I've realized is that you can't really say thank you. Yeah. And yeah. and, and uh, you can't help, <laughs> but after you say feel it. Like, a little uh, bit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel a little bit better. And if you think about it for another second, you, you say, gosh, you know, whatever that is, whether it's I'm thankful for the ability to go out and run today. I'm Yo, grateful yes. for the fact that I'm still alive today, the, for the fact that I can go to this job, the fact that I have that opportunity to make money, to keep a roof over my head, whatever. And that starts that momentum of being positive. And that's such a, a powerful thing. But how, relating this back to our, our project right now, how does this inspire a more courageous world look it's easy when something shows up that looks like a setback or isn't going your way or feels like an affront or isn't serving you to get reactive to it and to see it in a negative light and i think courage is being willing to take a step back and ask yourself if you're being biased. Ask yourself if there's another way to see this picture. Ask yourself, can you be a little more vulnerable in how you're approaching the situation? Because vulnerable doesn't mean weak. You know, I, Brene Brown talks about this, that vulnerability is actually the place of courage. That's where it begins. You can't be courageous without being vulnerable. And so, yeah, you know, you, you don't have to go through some some. It, all of the challenges are different in terms of how they appear, but fundamentally the experience is common and it's then how we react and how we respond with each other and with ourselves. And so I think that's, that's a really empowering idea that I'm hoping to share through this project. That's an incredibly power, empowering idea. 
And my head is spinning right now of all the things that I'm now grateful for and am reminding myself to be grateful for, the fact that I did get to go on my run today and train for the ultras that I love and get to work on amazing projects like this. Exactly, so. man. Yeah. I mean, when I'm when I'm running, have I told you about the game I'm so grateful? <laughs> no. I don't know. It's not really a game. It's I mean, it's a game I play myself, uh play with myself. If if I'm doing if I it, it's it's hard if I'm, you know, stuck in a chair, but you can do it wherever. Uh, I've done it while running. Just start thinking and literally saying out loud, just like you said, say it out loud. Don't just think it. And you can write it down is better than, than thinking, but saying it out loud is even better than writing it down. I'm so grateful for anything and just start. And before you know it, they start coming out more naturally. And, you know, as I do this, if I can really get in a flow, eventually I'll finish on like, I'm so grateful for my life. You know, and you land on that one. You're like, okay, okay, game's done. I'm in the spot I need to be, you know? Mm, um, yeah. And this, this, I will have to do that a lot on the water. I've heard from other ocean rowers, you know, as you're bumping up against so many things that are just difficult. It's a, it's a fight. <laughs> Thinking, you know, what's the next best thing is what one rower uh, two years ago kept kept saying, and, and he would share uh, that was one of his mantras. He'd ask himself, what's the next best thing? But it's really, where do, I, where do I turn my attention? What can I look forward to? Or even better, what can I be grateful for in this moment? Yeah, powerful stuff for a long journey ahead. Speaking of what's ahead, what do you have going on the next two weeks? We talked about the last two weeks which led us to this uh, great conversation. What you've got going on in the next two weeks? TED Talk tomorrow, conference this weekend, as usual, lots of training. But the three big things I'm excited about the next few weeks are, one, the pirate booty page. <laughs> I love right. saying it. <laughs> uh, the pirate booty page, X marks the spot. Um, setting that up, sending it out, and getting it, getting it spun up in time for holiday shopping. Right. So that's super exciting. Uh, sponsors. I have a few meetings coming up with um, a few different, few different companies in Colorado and elsewhere and continuing to build those relationships and hopefully get some cash in the door soon because uh, the third piece is equipment. The Spindrift is making great progress on the boat and it's high time to start getting the equipment to bolt onto it. So I'm going to start off by putting more of my own money in um i'm totally willing to do that and and that's where i'm going to start with some of the electronics and and so forth so start buying the equipment to make sure that we stay on track here and as sponsors come on board you know if i can perhaps pay myself back so the next few weeks that's that's what i'm looking at sounds like another busy two weeks so hopefully it's that not, goes well not gonna stop buddy yeah Keep it up. no <laughs> It's going to be a busy five, eight months, five months getting out. And what is it now? Today's the, today's the 14th, yep. which means, wow. Okay. So it's five months until launching from tomorrow. That would be the soonest, you know, it'll depend on the weather window, but sure. yeah, five months. Well, I feel better saying that out loud. And that's what I mean earlier on. You're like, Oh, how does it feel? Michael Matucci's question feels a lot better knowing that there's some time here. And I'm ordering this equipment now, so it'll be bolted on and we'll be able to start training in January. That 
that's super exciting. So yes, five months from tomorrow. Well, I think it's time that we say thank you. And I want to start by saying thank you to all the crewmates, our friends, everyone listening for being a part of this. If this is your first time, welcome. We hope you found something that you can use for your own life because after all, you are a big part of what and who this is really about. We're happy to announce that you can now find us on podcast apps like iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and Google Play. For all of you Spotify junkies, we'll get it up there as soon as we have at least five episodes, which is the minimum that we have to have to submit to Spotify. Terrence, now I think it's a good time for you to remind folks how they can get involved if they want to be part of this amazing project. Thanks, Zach. Yeah, whether you're new or you've been following the challenge and a part of it for a while, if you're looking to get involved, here are a few of the ways. First of all, you can help keep me safe and share our story. Make a donation to the challenge directly. Visit the launch page at unitedworldchallenge.org. That's the launch page. You can also support our UWC scholarship fund to send new students to United World Colleges. Again, visit unitedworldchallenge.org and go to the mission page. And you can also get involved personally, like Zach is doing with the podcast. You can offer your time or a skill or connect us to a partner for equipment, services, or media coverage. And finally, inspire a more courageous world. Tell your friends, share the story, and show up with courage. Until next time, and always, keep believing in yourself and those around you. Together, we're rowing for a better tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Thank you so much. Bye. The soundtrack for this episode was composed by and is courteous of the artist, The Curious Kid, and can be found through SoundCloud at https colon forward slash forward slash soundcloud.com slash the curious kid forward slash. His Twitter handle is at jasnam underscore sidu. That's J A S N A M underscore S-I-D-H-U. And you can find him on Instagram at The Curious Kid.